Welcome. This is my truth as a platform for honest, open conversations. The stories I share or that others share are often not spoken about or discussed, but once told, I believe they have the ability to shine a light on another perspective or a much needed conversation. These stories may make us laugh, some may make us cry, but together we will learn from one another and begin to heal. Because walls need to be torn down, masks need to come off, stories need to be heard in order for our truths to be told. This is my truth. Will you tell me yours? Hello, hello, podcast world. Welcome back to This Is My Truth. I am your host, Jesse Sherleff, and we are in the thick of end of year and holiday. And I know I have spent the past few episodes talking about this, but I don't know if it's just me and I'm like knee deep in it right now, but I've had so many conversations with friends and colleagues and um, just people, like even people that I've met in line while buying holiday gifts around how we're all feeling the crunch of um, the holiday season and sort of end of year. And while this is one of those most joyous times of the year for some, it can be such a hard time for so many. Um, And if you're anything like me, right, you can have a whole host of feelings in one day, you know, having joyous moments and then bookending that with like wanting to pull my hair out because I've overcommitted to too many things. And so today I wanted to talk about boundaries. And the song that's stuck in my head as I think about this is that like changes. And I apologize because I am a terrible fucking singer and I still have this cold. Um, but that is what is rolling in through my head, except instead of changes, it's boundaries. And I know I've said this before, but I want to repeat this. The first time a therapist told me about boundaries, I was like, say what? Like, what do you, I don't understand. Like, I wouldn't even know where to begin to put a boundary because I don't get it. And I think that in my mind, the word boundary has this like really negative connotation and it just like feels heavy and like a wall. Like, let's not get down the path of like a fucking wall. Um, but that's what, what like come, came up for me when, when I first had, you know, heard about it. And I think I even asked my therapist, like, can you give me an example? Like, I didn't even understand, like it didn't even, wasn't even like able to cross my brain, like how to, like what a boundary would be like. And so you can only imagine like how overextended and pulled and stretched thin I was at that point in my life and just probably at a point of burnout without even realizing that burnout was a thing. Um, because for so long I was doing everything for everybody else, right? Like my fertility journey, motherhood, working as a leader. Um, it was just give, give, give. And I had nothing left for myself at the end. And so something had to change. I had to create healthy boundaries in order to protect myself and my time and my energy so that I could be the mom and the leader that I wanted to be. And I think that that's so true during 
it's true every day, but even more important to think about and be conscious of during the holiday season when so much around us is about giving to others, right? Like, I mean, it's literally like what the holiday season is about, right? It's about others and then being in service of others. And so today I wanted to, um, to dive into my love-hate relationship with boundaries. And I want to start off with an example of how boundaries can be pretty triggering for me and how I've evolved my thinking about them over time. So I was thinking about this episode and what I want to talk about. And what came to mind was this moment where I had come back from my second maternity leave. I had been talking to my director at the time about um, leadership programs and leadership opportunities that Google was offering. And um, I have been through so many different versions of this. And Google had, at the time, um, a cohort of uh, women who they were sort of, um, you know, earmarking for additional leadership trainings and there was a specific name for the program and you know you had to be nominated and then hand selected and it was a pretty vigorous um process but uh, a lot of these women then would go on to actually um end up you know with amazing network opportunities and go on to become directors at google and and beyond and you know so i was having this conversation with my director highlighting my interest in the program and she recommended that i reach out to a few people who had done the program in the past and so there was a peer of mine who um i had known for quite some time and uh had done the program so i reached out to her and i get an email back and in the email she very clearly and or directly states once you're in the program let's chat and i remember being taken aback at the email right like all of this like my ego was hurt and all of this is coming to mind like i you know we're googlers like we're supposed to you know take coffee chats right like and in my mind right she was being quote unquote ungoogly but the reality was was that she was being really freaking smart about her time and how to use her time and she had set a boundary and it felt uncomfortable to be on the receiving end of that boundary but looking back and reflecting on that moment it's a great lesson both from a leadership perspective but then also a personal perspective as well and before we go down this path of like you hearing the word leadership and thinking oh my god i'm not a leader i am going to nip that shit in the bud and i will continue to say this until everyone is on the same page but you if you are living and breathing you are a leader and it is up to you whether you want to step into that leadership um, light or not, but you are a leader. You do not need people on your quote unquote team or direct reports in order to be a leader, right? There is a difference between leaders and managers and that will be a whole nother podcast conversation. But so that's what I wanted. So that was sort of like one of those memories of like being on the receiving end of a boundary and being like, whoa, And so what I wanted to dive into was some examples of boundaries that I've created for myself, both in everyday life, but then also during the holiday season, Um, and boundaries that Greg and I have created for our family, um, again, in everyday life and and also in, um, 
during the holidays and then also just kind of quickly dive into the process that I found that works well for me in terms of identifying where I need boundaries um, and then how do I prioritize and then also um, hold to them. Okay, so some examples of boundaries because like I said, the first time someone said boundary to me, I was like, I, I literally don't understand I just don't get it. I really like, I can't, my brain cannot comprehend what you are actually asking me to do because I do everything for everybody else. And what do you mean? I'm supposed to do something for myself. So here are some examples of boundaries that I have. So I don't know about you, but my kids are all over the place when it comes to eating and they, their favorite place to be when eating is on my lap. But we have a rule or a boundary in my house that there are no kiddos on my lap when I'm eating. When I'm done eating, different story. But for me, that is like 20, 25 minutes, if I'm lucky, of no children in my space. And we're, and I have my space to fulfill my body with the energy that I need in order to be the mom that I want to be, the human that I want to be. Another example of a boundary in my house is that no one else is allowed in the bathroom with me when I'm in the bathroom and I don't necessarily need to be going to the bathroom, but, um, you know, you've all seen those Instagram photos of like, and I have had them myself, right? I have this memory of like, I shut the door of the bathroom and Quinn's fingers, little fingers are just trying to like slide through and she's bawling at the, on the other side. And, you know, it's just one of those things where that's my space where I go when I need to take some deep breaths and um, get space from the kids from a little bit. Um, another example of a boundary, and I know I've talked about this before, and this is one Greg can't stand, but I have a liter of water um, that I fill up every night and I drink it when I wake up in the morning or like during the morning. And for the longest time, Greg was drinking my water and it drove me freaking insane until I told him to stop, right? That was my, that is now my boundary. Um, so these are some examples. A boundary that we have set as a family during the holidays is um, if the kids are in the room and someone is having a conversation that um, is around you know, has an undertone that does not align with our family's um, beliefs or values. I believe in, um, you know, the I believe in unity, but I don't believe that you have in order to be united that you all have to be neutral. Um, and I believe that there is a way to um, create and foster open dialogue. Um, while still actively listening and engaging in in a, in a conversation, which is a whole nother conversation. But I'm sharing this because for us, that is one of our family boundaries where we, um, uh, when someone is saying something, you know, I will engage in a conversation. And I think it's important for us, for the kids to see that and experience that um, because I grew up in a way where we didn't talk about it and I was really uncomfortable having uncomfortable conversations, hence the, hence the name. And so we, that is one of our family boundaries. Other examples of boundaries are on the holidays. 
So we debated this one as a, as a couple. Um, but I know friends who, you know, have Christmas morning at their house, no matter what. And then they drive to, um, see family. I have other friends who will only spend Christmas day as, you know, their, their immediate family unit. And then they will go see extended family, um, after that. Right. And so it really sort of depends on what works for you and your family from a work perspective. This one's fun. So I struggled with this for a really long time, boundaries at work. Um, I think that the culture of Google for a very long time was one of, um, do everything for others, right? Like always be available, take that next project, do that next thing. You look around and everyone around you is, you know, excelling at their job, but then has like side hustles that they're doing. And you're just looking around and you're like, okay, like what can I take on? What can I do to stand out? And so it makes it really hard to, or at the time it made the, the culture was hard to create boundaries in a way that felt healthy for everyone involved. And I think that's changing. And I suspect like COVID and, you know, people working from home really, um, helped to accelerate that. But I remember having a conversation with my then director at the time and saying like, I'm in back to backs for 30 minute meetings from 8.30 to 5.30. And I like I'm running from meeting to meeting and I don't have time to breathe or even think. And I'm starting those next meetings, um, you know, checking my email, like, and I, and I'm never catching up. And I remember him saying like, he's like, well, set a rule for yourself that like, as you're going from meeting to meeting, like you don't check email If that's going to stress you out going into your next meeting. Like that's a simple like boundary that you can set for yourself also a boundary that you can set for yourself so that you're not in 30 minute back-to-back meetings from 8 30 to 5 30 is um you know i decided that as um a team leader i was going to make all of my one-on-ones with my direct reports bi-weekly instead of weekly um and then i created chunks of time and said like these are the chunks of time that you can schedule one-on-ones because what was happening was that my schedule was you know all over the place and then I would have to run into a one-on-one and I wasn't fine I was finding that I wasn't giving my team the attention that they so readily and like they deserve like they they deserve my undivided attention and I couldn't give it to them the way that things were going so instead of having them schedule based on their time I asked them to schedule in chunks that worked for me and to make them bi-weekly in order to do that though, I had to have really clear communication with them and be transparent about why I was making the ask and also be understanding that like we're all flexible, we're all humans and we're all imperfect, right? And so like, having an engaging in a conversation of like what would work best for them and what would work best for me. Um, also ways that I've seen boundaries set at work, um, especially when you are in a partner team, sending out um setting your out of office for resources. So my team for the longest time actually supported a sales, they were sales team, but they supported another sales team. And we would often be sort of like the first line of defense for any sort of product questions, things that were readily accessible in other ways. And so we toyed with the idea of creating an out of office message that every time someone on my team got an email, um, we would have resources for them and if it was one of those answers um then then it would be answered that way and then 
you know, give my time some team to actually um, follow up and be thoughtful in their response. Things like creating chunks on your calendar of work time, another great way of creating boundaries. I used to, at least once a quarter, um, block at least three hours on my calendar where I was got a conference room that had a whiteboard and I used it for strategy and planning. And I would send a note to my team ahead of time, letting them know that this was happening, letting them know that it'd be available only by text message only, that I was turning email off my phone, I was turning email off my computer, and I was gonna lock myself in a room and strategize. Um, And that was really helpful for me to create that space that un- interrupted space in order to actually like brainstorm and think through big meaty challenges and then I would follow up with my team and be transparent about what what happened during that time but really you know creating that space and being intentional and letting people know like hey I'm off the grid um but this is why was a super super helpful boundary um for me to create and so these are some examples of um boundaries that I have created over time. So I want to dive into like how I got here. The reason I got to the point of boundaries, like I said, was I was at a point where I was about to, you know, hit a point of no return when it came to to, to burnout. I was I was so stretched then. I was so overstressed. I was so at the point where all I felt was resentment to towards my family towards my um children towards my team and i knew something had to change and i knew it wasn't them that had to change i had to change it's a hard pill to swallow um but one that's so true so the first thing i did was i thought about all those moments where like the resentment was creeping up right like or where i was feeling overwhelmed and i just wrote them down and one of them was like space, like space, 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 especially with my kids. And so that's where my boundary came up with like no one in my lap during meals or, you know, when I'm in the bathroom, I'm in the bathroom. And so I took these things and I asked myself, like I got curious, like how can I, like how do I want to feel and how do I get there? And then I was really curious about that and thought about different ways and different boundaries that I could create that still felt really um, doable, but also didn't then felt authentic to me. And so I think that was the biggest lesson I learned was like those moments where things were frustrating me or I was, you know, getting resentful. It was a really great moment to pause and be like, okay, like what else can I do? Like, how can I change this? There's something else going on and something has to change. Um, another great tip is, especially as we're going into 2022, into the new year, think about all of the things that you have to do, right? Like do a brain dump of all the shit that's in your head. And so often, especially as women, we want to um, right, tackle the never-ending to-do list. Like for our ne- our to-do list never get fucking shorter ever, right? Like they just get longer. In fact, I was hearing a conversation in line today at uh, the paper store, and the two women behind me were joking like about their Christmas list and how it wasn't getting sh- shorter, right? Like even our fucking Christmas shopping list 
are not getting shorter. Like this never ending to-do list that we as women have and the questions that we're constantly like reminders in our brain, like we can't turn it off. Or can we? Because the reality is, is if we get it all out on paper and then ask ourselves, like, how do, how do I want to feel on a daily basis? And what are the, what is the top three things I need to prioritize this year in order to do that? And then you just prioritize those three things, like ruthlessly prioritize, unapologetically prioritize those three things. Put put them on post-its, put those post-its everywhere in your fucking house, put them on your computer screen at work. And anytime something comes in as an ask, ask yourself, does it align to one of these three priorities? And if it doesn't, or if you're hesitating, that means it's a no, and say no. And I think that if you're like me and you have a tendency to say yes to everything, that's where you get yourself in trouble, right? Because you're not actually prioritizing. When you're not prioritizing, you're giving um, not your full attention. I'm someone who doesn't, like says yes to everything, but also doesn't like to not give 110% to anything I do. And so like, that's a recipe for a fucking disaster. Like I'm going to walk around stressed and unhappy all the fucking time if I didn't change things. And so really thinking about your to-do list and thinking about like, okay, how do I actually prioritize this? Like, how do I want to feel? What are the things that only I can do? And what are the things that I can delegate? Whether you delegate to your partner, to your children, to your team, and it gives them an opportunity to step up. I think that's another, again, this could be another whole nother podcast conversation, and maybe I'll do that in the new year, but um, how are you allowing others to step up and help you? And what does that say about you as a leader? It says that you know how to ask for help. It says that you can ask for help and you um, are strong enough to ask for fucking help. Like you're a badass boss bitch lady. Um, And so just something else to keep in mind. And then I think the biggest thing with boundaries is, is sticking to them. And especially when you're trying to change behavior. So like, let's give the example of keeping Quinn in particular off my lap during meals. Um, it's not easy. Like it takes a lot of strength and, um, perseverance and resilience. And so I had a conversation with Quinn and I was really honest about, you know, mommy needs her space. And when she's eating, she needs to have a clear lap so that she can eat. And, you know, it would be like lovely if she remembered it every single time, but of course she doesn't. She's three. She was two when I was starting this. And so just a gentle reminder, like if she comes into my lap, I give her, I give her a hug and say, Quinn, mommy's eating. So I'm going to put you in, I'm going to give you a hug. I'm going to put you in the chair next to you. We'll scooch the chair next to me. Um, so that you're, you know, we can still be touching, but mommy needs her space while she's eating. And now more often than not, she'll just say, mommy, I just need a hug. And then she'll go back to her, her, her chair by herself. And there are definitely still times where I have to remind her, but it's the same thing with boundaries. Um, when you're creating those boundaries, uh, it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for you. It's uncomfortable for the person on the receiving end. Remember how I was talking about, you know, how uncomfortable I was when I got that email from, from my coworker. But we adjust 
And now I reflect back and I'm like, good for fucking her. Like, good for her for setting that boundary about her time because our time is precious and um, we can all take a lesson from that, right? And so for you, that could look like lots of different things. Um, but what I want you to take away is that boundaries aren't a bad or, you know, boundaries aren't negative. They are really actually a good thing. And when you're implementing them in a way that is compassionate and kind and, um, from a place of love, then everyone understands that personally, professionally, partners, children, teammates, coworkers, direct reports. And to me, that is a sign of true leadership. Okay, so as we wrap up, there are two things that I want to remind you. One, if you feel someone in your life needs to hear this message, please feel free to pass this uh, episode along to them. And I would be so forever grateful um, if you left a rating and a review. I love honest and um, candid feedback. So please feel free to share. And also a reminder that I'm hosting a workshop in mid-January, January 14th on a Friday. It's a 90-minute interactive workshop meant for women in particular who are really hoping to start 2022 off in a way where they are finding their voice and ready to speak their truth in a way that feels authentic to them. You know, if you are someone who really resonates with, you know, the the message of um, or feeling like frustrated or resentful or, um, you know, you're grinding your teeth because you're not speaking up or you're like, for me, I get this like feeling in my chest of like frustration Um, or like there was a point in my life where I had like severe TMJ because of of stress and like not speaking up so all of all of those things right this workshop is for you and it you will come away feeling empowered and validated and um frankly free and have clarity into how you can actually own your stories for 20, 2022 and set your year up for one of great success um, so if you're interested, head over to my website at www.jessiesherleff.com backslash this is my truth workshop and more details are there. And um, happy holidays, most importantly. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If something in the conversation resonated with you, please, please share it with a friend that you think needs to hear this conversation. Feel free to tag me on social media. Let me know how you're listening, where you're listening and what resonated. Tag me at this is my truth podcast, or feel free to shoot me a DM. And because we're a new podcast and this shit matters, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review. Tell me how you truly feel. This entire podcast is about vulnerability and authenticity. So let me know how you really feel and give me some feedback. I really appreciate it.